When you aren't comfortable being fully yourself, no one else is going to be comfortable being fully themselves. So you'll both be like, okay, um, what parts of me should I show? What parts of me should I hide? Ah, ah, ah. And, and what are we doing here? Like, do you want to have a relationship with someone who's only interested in these certain parts of you and everything else you have to hide? Because we have to remember when it comes to attraction, like the things that you show are going to be the things that people are attracted to or not. This is episode number 495 with Rebecca Biggie, improving your body image and your confidence. Hi everybody, I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you would like some support along the way to lasting love, I wrote a book and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 chapters. Each chapter has a story and an exercise, um, a tip, and um, they're kind of short, get to the point exercises to help you step more fully into your value. The book is divided into three pillars of core confidence, show up, stand up, and speak up. And uh, I just love teaching this. And so I wrote a book about it and you can find it now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And every week I share a tip from the book. And this week's tip is step number 25, know when to say yes. We often just say no to things and we say no to the wrong things and yes to the wrong things. And we don't say yes, when we should be taking opportunities to really step out of our comfort zone and say yes to adventures, say yes to experiences. And so it's really important to get clear, like what are the yeses that you're saying no to or doing nothing about? And my challenge to you this week is to say yes to something that will get you to grow in a new direction. And before I bring Rebecca on, I just wanna give a shout out to my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And this is a group for women over 40 who want to be supported, not for being a victim of bad dates, but for learning how to grow on your journey to your last first date. And it's a highly curated group. We don't just post anything. We don't allow posts to be unkind or unkind to men or unkind to other women in the group. We have seven monitors who monitor this group all day long and the posts are intelligent and uh, just amazing. I, I'm so happy I started this group about four years ago. People have transformed in this free group. So come and join us in our private Facebook group, Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Rebecca Biggie, she supports women's empowerment through body image healing, which I love. She started her career in B2B sales um, of software, and she is the creator of Confidently She, which is a podcast, a, com a community, and a premium subscription platform that brings a practical guide to modern femininity. She offers private coaching to high-end clientele with a focus on body confidence and self-trust and accessing your feminine energy. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. Thank you, Sandy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love talking about dating. So I was really looking forward to this. Well, I love talking about dating and body image. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Yes. Um, so let's get into the, the kind of granular level of body image issues and why so many people and even people who are like super successful yeah. have so many issues, especially I would say high-performing women who look perfect, you know, right. from the outside, like what, what's the cause there? Yeah. Well, I, I really relate to that question because that's very much aligned with, with what drew it out of me that I actually suffered from a lot of body image issues because there was a misconception that I had and a lot of women have around body image issues. We think that body image issues are, I, I don't fit the beauty standard and I'm sad about that and I want to fix that. So I fit into the beauty standard and that's definitely part of it. But there's another side of the, the coin that is 
I fit parts of the the beauty standard, but not all of these parts. And I don't want to lose any of the ways that I fit into this current beauty standard. And I'm going to fixate on all those small little things that I can try to control and change and, and improve about my body in order to be just that much better, just a little bit closer. It's like, it's like you're almost at the finish line and they keep moving it back just inch by inch you're going to keep chasing that finish line versus someone who's halfway done. They're like, you know what? I'm giving up. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Uh, it's, it's like that the carrots right in front of you. It's always right in front of you. And so that's why ambitious driven, uh, women who, who fit a lot of the standards of beauty can become so, so focused on, their body and on these small imperfections and zooming in on pictures and seeing, oh, my arm looks weird here. I'm going to delete it and start over. And, and all that mental energy that's going towards what your body looks like, that's body image issues. It doesn't matter if that energy is fixated on keeping something the same or changing something. It's how much energy and attention in a day, in a week, are you giving to stress around your body. And so that's why ambitious women fall victim to this because we're good at getting things done and we're used to being able to outperform everything and everyone. But when that target keeps moving, you're never going to hit it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, what's coming to mind is something I discussed earlier in this other podcast that I recorded today with the other Becca, um, (laughs) (laughs) even though you're not a Becca, um, (laughs) She was talking about women who overperform and over, we overdo. There's a lot of over, like we Mm -hmm. over, we overdo everything. We're overgiving, overperforming, over, you know, just trying to keep reaching those heights and Mm -hmm. we're undervaluing ourselves in the process. And, and I think that's true of our bodies. You know, when you get to this level of perfection and trying to meet, uh, you know, this, this level that, that you can never get there. It's like, um, almost like the pursuit of happiness where people just keep trying to get to that goal, that next goal. And then they, they get there and then it's like, okay, what's next? You know, right. like you can never fully arrive if you're always looking for what's next. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and because the thing that we're trying to be perfect at with our bodies is subjective. Like you can't have a perfect body. Bodies are not designed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. That's not aligned with the purpose of a body. Like the purpose of our bodies is to help us express ourselves in our life. It's the vehicle for our lives. And, and when you judge the value of, of a vehicle, a literal vehicle based on the paint job, it, it's very different than valuing it based on, you know, What's the longevity of this vehicle? What type of fuel does it require? How can I take care of this? Like you're, you're focusing on the wrong things, but culture is very good at convincing women, especially to focus on the wrong things and keep us distracted and keep us insecure because they make more money when, when we're insecure, you know, there's so many products to spend money on to fix all these things that aren't really wrong with you. And our bodies are always changing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm 65. My body is not the same as it was when I was 30. Yeah. When I also thought my body wasn't okay. And it was, it was more yeah. than okay. I yeah. had a, a friend of mine um, when we were in our very early 20s. We had just met in, in a gap year program. Mm-hmm. And we used to talk about body a lot. And we were both in great shape. And I remember we both took, we took Polaroid pictures of ourselves without clothes on. Yeah. And she kept them and showed them to me a couple of years ago. And I was like, that's amazing. God, look what I I looked like. Right. Yes. I had one where I was wrapped up like a package, (laughs) like a present with a little bow. I was coming out of a suitcase and oh my God, I, I don't even remember that me, but the fact that we were both comfortable enough with our bodies to do that at that age is pretty amazing to me. Like I wish a lot of other women would do that. Yes. Yes. I actually, so I did that. Um, I was, I was, 
actually engaged at one point in my life and I had ended that engagement. And one of the things that I was looking forward to about the wedding was this, this thing that everybody's doing is these boudoir kind of lingerie photo shoots. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I'm just going to do one of these photo shoots for myself. Cause I think it would be fun. And I don't know if you can see, there's like this pic picture in the back. It's probably a little washed out because of the sunlight coming in, but that's one of the shots from this photo shoot, um, that I, I just, I'm so thankful that I did it because it's like this, like you said, at some point, I'm not going to remember that version of me. I'm not going to, you know, even remember that it's like, oh yeah, my body was like that. Or, or I had this sense of just effortless being in my body. Um, and I, I, I'm making a practice of doing a photo shoot like that every few years. I just did another one a couple months ago and, and it, it was so, it's such a great experience because you start to realize, you know, when you see your body through the lens of a photographer and through the lens of like a, a really art form, I've gotten emails from women who have done these photo shoots and have been like, Rebecca, I, I really see my body a different way now. Like I, I didn't think that I was going to, but you know, they did a really good job and, you know, I had no expectations coming out of it. And it really was a really good exercise to practice, uh, to grow their, their body confidence. I love that. I, I, when I start working with a client, I have them go for a photo shoot and I, yeah. I do it for online dating, but I also do it for their confidence because if you find the right photographer, they can bring out the beauty in you and the playfulness in you. Right. And I, I had an incredible photographer a number of years ago, and it was the first time that I totally let loose in a mm -hmm. photo session. Cause most of the time it's like smile and yeah. it's so fake and it's so forced and it's not us. It's us trying to be something with the mask on. And mm -hmm. this was, we went out and we, I played in the leaves and I lay down and I got behind a tree and I sat on a fence and it was just fun. And yeah. so I always encourage them to find somebody who they're comfortable with, even if you're not doing a professional photo shoot, just to really loosen up. Cause most of the time we don't have our picture taken or we're the ones taking the pictures and I love the idea of the boudoir one though. I think yeah. that, you know, just embrace the body you're in now. Yeah. And um, I think that's what people struggle with. It's like who I'll be 10 pounds from now, 15 pounds from now when I get yeah. more toned. No, you know? yeah. You got to do it just, just right now. And it doesn't have to be like a sexy photo shoot either. Like the one that I just did, like it, it's very different because especially in dating, we, we, pick up this habit of sexualizing our bodies because we know that, okay, these guys are going to be thinking about, you know, does he want to have sex with me? And, and we, we've trained ourselves to only view our bodies through a, am I a sexual, uh, am I sexually interesting to, to people? And again, I always come back to does this align with the purpose of my body, the sole purpose of my body? And, and the answer is no, like can you use your body for sex. Yes. Your body's involved, but that's not the sole purpose of your body. And so when you do these photo shoots, don't feel like you have to have the, the expectation of it being sexy or it being, um, even attractive. There's something interesting about just capturing what is there and looking at it objectively, like, okay, this is what it is. And it's worth knowing and seeing even in its current state that I may, may want to change, but knowing that like, it's never going to be a perfect body and you're never going to have it perfect because like we talked about, you know, 10 minutes ago or whenever it was, even the women who are overachieving and, you know, they've got the body that, that you think is going to make you happy they're not always happy either. It's, it's about how you view your body and, and really the mindset and perspective that you have. That's what's going to make you happy and confident. Yeah. Mindset is everything. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. And you, you, you know, I think women can relate to falling in love with a man and thinking he's attractive when he's really not objectively attractive. It's oh yeah, his confidence, the way yep. he holds himself, the, yep. his sexiness, like it has very little to do with 
the looks of a person or the perfect yep. body of a person. Yep. Um, so let's talk about, because this, you know, people are going to take their clothes off and, um, <laughs> and they're petrified to do that. I, I just have so many clients who are like, you know, I'll only take my clothes off in the dark and he's never going to be attracted to me. I've um, passed menopause. I did I have this happen. And then, you know, and I, I talk to women and they're talking about this new diet and the, the, the intermittent fasting. And I went on this diet plan and I don't eat these foods anymore. And I'm like, oh my God. So here, I mean, I'm talking about a lot of things at once, but I, the problem I have with the diet culture is that it also takes away pleasure and yes. pleasure is sensuality. Pleasure is femininity. It is mm -hmm. part of who we are as women, right? And so now we're in this restrictive place of, I can't eat this and I can't do that and I can't, and I'm not enough. And it just, it, it washes you out. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's how I feel. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, and and I think that a big part of beauty and a big part of femininity is your ability to be present in the moment and to create space for someone else to feel comfortable being themselves. I think that is is beautiful. And so if you are someone who is preoccupied with okay, I can't order this on the menu because of that. And I can maybe only have it, you know, you're thinking this, this internal dialogue or monologue it's dialogue to me. Cause I talk to myself in my head, mm -hmm. but for most people it's internal monologue. Um, you're not being present with this person you're on a date with. You're not being present with your partner. And, and when you're distracted, there's no sense of that, that grounded confidence. So being present is a big part of it. And if you're constantly thinking about what you can and can't have, how you should and should not sit, that's going to take away from that, that presence. And also when you, when you aren't comfortable being fully yourself, no one else is going to be comfortable being fully themselves. So you'll both be like, okay, um, what parts of me should I show? What parts of me should I hide? Ah, ah, ah. And, and what are we doing here? Like, do you want to have a relationship with someone who's only interested in these certain parts of you and everything else you have to hide? Because we have to remember when it comes to attraction, like the things that you show are going to be the things that people are attracted to or not. And so I always say, I would rather be rejected for being fully myself than to be accepted for faking to be something I'm not, because then you just have to keep that up for the entire relationship. And I think that's what a lot of women do because they want to be accepted as they kind of put out this version of themselves that they think people will want. And then they attract someone who wants that obviously, because that's what they're showing. And then six months in two years in, they're like, you don't really know me. Like, this isn't what, you know, and, and they, they are confused because they're like, why doesn't this guy get it? And it's like, well, because you put out almonds and this guy liked almonds, but you're not almonds. Maybe you're, I don't know, bananas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, and someone's going to like bananas, but you've got to be like, this is who I am. So hard for people to accept who they are. I know. And, right. It's like, I remember, you know, I'm going to lose weight for my wedding. You know, people would always oh, say yeah. that. Oh, and yeah. I, I, I knew somebody who lost a ton of weight. And then after she got married, she's a big woman. She's really big and she's been big most of her life. So she got tiny, got married, and then she blew back up they're still married, which is good. And they have wonderful children, but yeah. like be you and mm -hmm. be accepted for you. Uh, and it's like the, um, the rules books, which tell you basically to be something else in order to hook the guy. And I talk about it a lot on the show because it, it really bothers me that they, they ask you to really manipulate and hide yeah. who you are until you get the guy and then surprise I'm a banana. <laughs> right. So that's the yeah. worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. it's the worst. It, yeah. No. <laughs> but, I don't even have a comment, people, right? but they're very popular because people's processing skills are, well, I, this didn't work for me when I showed up and I was myself and I wasn't having success 
and I got too involved too quickly. So if I hold back and let a man do all the work and, you know, and I just, I never make first moves and I never do anything that I never bring, you know, it's like, and then that's going to, it gives them a script. And I think that's why it's successful. I personally would never advocate for any of that because of what we're saying here now. It's like, be yourself and learn to love who you are. There's nothing more attractive. I mean, you can feel it when somebody is self-conscious, they're actually very much inside themselves. They, they mm-hmm. can't even connect with you. It's well, exactly. They're preoccupied. Thing. Right. Yeah. They're preoccupied with you. So let's talk about how women can feel good in their skin. Um, yeah. You know, because we're talking about like, just do it. <laughs> So if they're dressed or naked or whatever, um, what are some of the ways that you help women to really get comfortable? Yeah. So like you said, there's nothing more obvious um, and, and confident than someone who just feels comfortable in who they are. And so that confidence when you're, when you're putting on clothes or taking off clothes, it needs to come from the fact that your value and your worth and the perception you have of yourself is not grounded in the way you look or this person accepting and approving of the way you look. And I know that that's easier said than done, but when you sit with that for a while and you ask yourself, why is it that I think that my worth comes from whether or not this guy is physically attracted to me, you will start to go back and I have clients go back to what, well, when was the first time this idea was presented to you? When was the first time you saw someone rejected for the way they look? Because of course that happens. And what usually happens is there's a a trigger or a moment or a memory from back in childhood or when they were very young that they saw or personally experienced that rejection And now the brain trying to protect itself thinks that, you know, I must be this in order to avoid pain and rejection. And, and, and that's a long process, but in order to, to kind of shift yourself out of that in the moment, the way that I help clients is really focusing on how, how do you best want to express yourself in this moment? So if you're getting dressed for a date, let's say, do you, what, what's going to feel most genuine that you're going to wear this thing. You're not going to be preoccupied with what he thinks about it or how you look in it or whatever. There's this balance of comfort, but also something a little exciting or interesting. And, and you just have a playful experimental perspective on it and, and just kind of see what happens. Like the goal I I remind I remind myself this too, because I'm single and, you know, dating is hard. Um, But the goal of, of a date is not to get this guy to like me, right? The goal is to see what he's all about and, and see if I like him, see if he likes me and go from there. But I think we, we put this pressure and expectation on ourselves of like, I need to impress him and I need to look good and I need to do this and I need to be that. And it's just like, well, yeah, if the purpose of the date was to get this guy, but, but we don't know if we want this guy yet. So, so the purpose is to have a little fun, do some experimentation, you know, maybe this is an excuse to wear that dress that you didn't have a place to wear yet. And And just kind of find out more about who you are through these dates. I mean, dating has revealed so much about myself, my personal sense of style, what I like to wear, what I don't like to wear. It's a lot of experimentation. And then that helps it feel more fun. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) I mean, people look at dating as work, as daunting. I mean, I I got off a call today with a woman who was exhausted because- He has been dating with a broken picker, you know, and so she dates these guys, she gets involved too quickly and, and then it ends in heartbreak or they're ghosting her. And here's this beautiful woman who she'll sleep with a man before she's ready. Then she'll be jealous of who he, uh, who else is he with? And it's like, we, we get into these patterns and we have these expectations and 
one of the things she said to me was, I just want it to be over. Like, I just want the next guy to be the one. And I said, if you go to every date with that expectation, you will always be disappointed except yeah. one time, you know? Right, right. And it's like, I, I, I believe in the reframe, you know, the, that reframing it to something playful an, an experience and not the date has to be the one it's, mm -hmm. it's, it is experiences, it's adventures, you know? Even with the online dating, I've had women who are like, oh, God, I don't want to go online again. It's the same faces all the time. It's so ugh, terrible. And I go, like, I know. <laughs> right, right. But what if you changed your it. attitude, right? If you yeah. came in with a different perspective. So one right. person, it was uh, like uh, an amusement park. So I don't know, I might go on the roller coaster today. Maybe I'll, you know, go on the ride. That's that's the wrong height for me or whatever. It's like, right. you know, you go in and so it, it's not this, oh God, dread. Um, but also knowing that what you're, what you're saying is like, you get to control the moments. Like you get to decide you're not just coming in at the mercy of somebody else picking you, yeah. but you're actually, you get to be a chooser. You get mm -hmm. to decide how you want to dress. Do you want to have yes. fun? I wore a sweater on a date recently. It's like one of my favorite sweaters. It's really soft and um, it's like this beautiful sky blue color. And we sat down to eat and he goes, can I touch your sweater? <laughs> And I was like, yes, that was a successful outfit. <laughs> yeah. See, because, and, and you know what, even if he would have said something like, like, I, I, like if he would have said, like, I don't like that sweater or whatever. Um, it's like, well, I do like this sweater. So I really don't <laughs> care. I've said that before to people mm. on dates where, where they, they've said something about like, I don't even know what it was, but I'll, I'll start to say, well, you know, I didn't wear it to impress you. I wore it because this is what I like. And people get so, they're like, what? But you know what? That's the truth. And I don't like this idea that it's like, oh, I'm here to impress and, and I want you to pick me. It's like, I mean, maybe if I also pick you, but like, I don't exist for your um, approval. And, and I think it's fun to to go into these situations with the mindset of like, I'm also an active participant in what's happening. And you mentioned someone who would, you know, sleep with men too quickly. This is something that, that is a big deal as far as body image, because the, the thing about that is you said before she was ready. That's the key. If right. you're doing something before you're ready, you are not honoring your body boundaries. If you're ready soon, fine. But, but if you're not ready and you're doing something because you think, well, if I, if I share this with him, then, then he'll like me more or he'll want to do it again. So, you know, we'll get to see each other again. And that's, you, you don't want to get your, your body involved in, in these, these boundaries that you, you want to, you want to hold. So, so make sure, you know, before going in, these are my boundaries and, and if, if things start to progress in a way that I'm not comfortable with, I need to be able to communicate those boundaries. And I'm telling, and, and I move very slowly and I tell guys right away, I'm like, listen, I take things slowly. I'm not even going to kiss you until I know if I like you because I have, I'm very connected to my body. Now I'm very present in my body. And I'm like, I don't want some stranger kissing me. I'm sorry. Like, no, like that's, that's weird to me now until I know that I can, that I can trust you and I know who you are. And so I've had to say like, listen, this is the way it is. And, you know, some, some guys they're like, all right, well, I'm not, I'm not into that. And, and that's okay. And other guys are like, okay, I actually think that that's a good idea. Like, yes, let's, let's do that. I do want to get to know you because you do seem like someone who isn't just, you know, a pretty face. And I'm like, bingo. Right. Yes. Like, and that's, <laughs> and that's how you, you need to, to, to communicate what those boundaries are. And it's scary sometimes, but again, if you're looking at it, like everything's a little experiment, like a little, like, all right, let's see what happens. Like you don't have that much to lose. There's always another guy and you don't want to waste time with the wrong one. So 
I could not agree more, (laughs) you know, and I'm a big boundary person. I mean, I teach a whole course on boundaries and we're about to release Boundary University, which is a whole smorgasbord of mini courses on boundaries. Yes. um, Because we need them. We, we have to know who we are and what we need to protect. And yes. People who respect us get to stay in our lives a little longer. And the people mm-hmm. who disrespect don't belong in our lives. And it's good to know that upfront. Yeah. So I'm like you, I don't want to kiss random people, especially with COVID going around <laughs> and not interested in getting Right. You've got a real disease. easy excuse. Exactly. This is the time to practice. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is true. I mean, I think it really, COVID has helped a lot of people get clear about what's important and yeah you know, that's one of the silver linings. And so I think that we have to be, we have to know ourselves and we have to love ourselves and be compassionate with ourselves um, more than self-love. I think self-love is a tough one for many people because it feels too big. Um, Yeah. And and I think we all have a different expectation of what love even means. You know, what, Mm -hmm. what does it mean to love something? Does, does it mean that this thing is perfect and I wouldn't change a single thing about it? No, that's not what love is, but sometimes that's the narrative of love that we have in our minds. And so that's, that's something to dig into that. I agree that I, I think self-love is a a nice little buzzword, but it's, it's different than that. It's self, what did you say? Self Self compassion, uh, self compassion, self patience with self. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. Patience. Um, it's, it's so many different little nuances, but yeah, I, I think that love can be tough for someone to be like, how can I love a body that I literally hate? It's like, yeah, well, that's a tough one, <laughs> like, but you can respect one. it. You can respect your body. You can, you can be patient with your body. You start there. Yeah. Honor, yes. honor it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and appreciate it for mm-hmm. what it gives you, not what it's not, but what it is. Exactly. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. So let's talk about our childhood. Yeah. (laughs) The big childhood image triggers. Yes. We carry messages. We have body image issues. I mean, I, I, in my own family... I didn't, the only thing with me, I was too skinny. So I had that, like the, you know, you're, you're a string bean. You should eat yeah. more. I got a lot mm. of that, but yep. that didn't make Same. me feel bad about my body. I think I felt a little tall and lanky for a while, but it's a bad problem to have, right? For most people, they'd be like, uh, yeah, just shut up. Right. Uh, in my own children, in, in my family, my husband grew up with a mother who was always dieting. My mother was too. So I saw a lot of that, Not you know, I'm not good enough and I have to always be dieting and deprive myself. So my, my mother-in-law's method of dieting was always to be on some fad diet. She took diet pills at one point and then she was always like, just evening out the cake with the little slivers to make it even (laughs) just end up eating half the cake with the evening slivers. And she worked out all the time, but my, my ex-husband grew up with a lot of very damaging messages, much more than I did. And that got reflected into my children. And I remember when my oldest daughter started to gain weight had a normal time in life when you're prepubescent and you're starting to kind of fatten up so that you can have your period and then she hated it and she came to me for support and um, she said can you stop me from taking more portions of food at the table and i said i first of all i never wanted to shame her i was fine with her body she she was the one who requested support and so she said if you can give me a symbol, 
while we're eating. So I don't take another portion. That would be great. So we had this kind of little hidden thing that nobody else knew about as our little secret. And it worked for her, but she went through a phase where she starved herself after not, not at that time, but later in her life, she was barely eating during the day and she was hangry all the time. And so I watched, you know, her dealing with some body image stuff. And then my son, who was chubby, my husband used to take food away from him. He would, he would like literally take the food away. It, it drove me insane. I like, I, yeah. wanted nothing more than for my kids to have a healthy approach to eating and food and their bodies. Yeah. And my son now he's 30 and he's got a great idea, attitude about his body. He's really done a lot of self-work, but so many of us who, who've grown up in homes like that yeah, do not grow up with a healthy uh, body image. I mean, he, he believed it was bad. Food was bad. Don't eat so much. You're, you're eating too much. You're gluttonous, whatever the message was. So yeah. How do we, what are some of the messages from childhood and how do we disarm them? Yes. So there are, there are a lot of different ways that we can develop these body image triggers from childhood. And of course, eating patterns and food stories are one of them. Um, also just like what types of bodies are seen as praised versus criticized. So, you know, you, you mentioned people would criticize you for being skinny, you know, and, 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 and it's like, that's also body shaming and that is not okay. And it's, and it, it's very actually fat phobic to think that it is somehow better to be shamed for being thin than to be shamed for being overweight. You, you see what, what, what's mm -hmm. happening there. So there are a lot of different ways that this can develop. And the main way is for, well, the, the main way to disarm those triggers, whatever it is, is to realize that, you know, your parents were just people doing their best. And not everyone is, is equipped to, to deal with these things the right way. So you need to look back at these situations and say, okay, this is how my parents handled the situation. What if, what if what they did wasn't the best way? You know, what if my dad shouldn't have taken the food away from me when I was actually hungry eating? What, what if that wasn't the right thing? And if I were the parent in that situation, how would I have what, what did I need to hear as a child to help me realize that, you know, food is, is necessary and our bodies, when we are hungry, we should feed them, but we need to stop at a certain point. And, and what would I say to myself? So that's kind of how you disarm them is to realize that like parents do not have absolute power and uh, truth. They don't. Uh, second, you know, you can go back and kind of think through, all right, so how would I have wanted this to go? What do I think is actually true? And how can I find some different truths about this specific situation that I'm going to reinforce to myself now? And then you can say, all right, like given the specific situation, what is it that I, what is it that I believe to be true and how do I want to, to do this moving forward? So using the food example, um, you know, like I said, you, you want to honor those hunger cues and you always bring it back to the purpose of your body. Like, you know, the purpose of an adolescent's body is to gain weight, to, to go through this growth phase and, and it will change and, and evolve going forward. And, and until you're in like you know, unless you have like crazy unhealthy eating habits, like let's just call that out. Like, unless you're sucking down like Coca-Cola, like every single day and, and eating way too many calories, you know, like there's some, some objective like health patterns that you can point out and see what's going on. But if you're active and, and eating in a generally healthy way, you just really don't know if you're overweight or underweight or whatever, until you reach a certain age, like you just don't know what your body is going to do and how it's going to kind of, kind of shake out. So you have to be again, patient with yourself and with your body. Um, but for me in childhood, the, the trigger that kind of formed was around, you know, women are supposed to like attractive women are supposed to have boobs. 
it was, I don't know why that was the thing. Um, I think it was the, we would watch football as a family, the cheerleaders, like whenever the cheerleaders would be shown, my dad would be like, Ooh, like, like pause it. The cheerleaders are on or whatever. And he was joking and he didn't mean anything by this, but I think that that, that was the trigger. That was the belief and the memory of like, Oh, the cheer dad likes the cheerleaders. I should look like the cheerleaders if I want people to like me. And I, you can't really see with this sweatshirt, but there's not much going on with, with my boobs. So I had to work through like, okay, I can still be a feminine, attractive, sexy woman and not look like the cheerleaders. That was, that was the thing that I had to work through and be like, okay, the way that my body looks naturally is, is feminine because I am a woman and I have femininity in me. That's it. So, so everybody's got their thing. Um, but that's kind of how you work through those triggers. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's almost like you reparenting yourself yeah. because your parents didn't do a great job and not, yeah. not for, and they tried their best. Like they everyone does their best. Doing, yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. my ex-husband thought he was doing the right thing to right. keep his right. son healthy and it was like, no, you can't do that. That's, I mean, he would take chocolate away from me. I love chocolate. He hated chocolate because it was a, it was, um, it was hard for him to stop when he started eating it. So he would mm. take it away from me. And I feel mm. like, no, 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 you don't do yeah. that. That's my chocolate. You figure out your own stuff. And this is why we're not married anymore. But I, uh, it was the chocolate. It was the chocolate. <laughs> we got divorced over chocolate. <laughs> uh, but I had a very similar experience with the lack of boobs. And in yeah. my experience, so there was a woman in my class who had developed very early on, and all the guys liked her. I mean, she was oh, also gorgeous yeah. Yeah. and she had big boobs. Yep. And so I thought you were supposed to look like that. So what I did was I stuffed my bra with. Stockings. Oh, who, who didn't? Who yeah. did it, right? <laughs> well, that was a shame story for me for so long. I thought nobody did. And everybody I was afraid. Did. Right, everybody did. <laughs> I was afraid to go to sleepovers because I'd have to take my bra off. And then when I started dating, like, God forbid, a man would actually want to take my bra off. What do I say? No. So I went from that to getting so comfortable with my body, with those naked pictures that I was telling you about, that I, I went braless for many years. Oh yeah. I really went the full circle. You did that too? (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm not wearing one right now. Okay. (laughs) Well, then I had kids and nursing and babies and I got, and your body changes and then, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that's the thing about it is like, this is the way your body is today. And are we really going to spend all of this energy and attention and stress worrying about that? Like there are so many other things that, that we can be doing and we can be creating and we can be just enjoying, allowing ourselves to enjoy ourselves Mm -hmm. that it's just like, I don't have I don't have mental space for that anymore. Like that's not, I I say my mental space has a premium and, and body image stuff and insecurities. You can't afford the rent in my mind. Like, like this is a high value property and you can't afford to live here. It's true. (laughs) I think also, as we get older, we, we learn what priorities are. And Mm -hmm. I also always say it's a blessing that our eyesight changes also as we get older. (laughs) And it's like, you know, there's always this joke about how men look in the mirror and their gut is hanging over their belt and they go, I look hot. (laughs) And women look in the mirror and like a little bit of cellulite and they're freaking out that they don't look attractive enough. And I think one of the things that changes with age, it's that focus hopefully starts to shift from I'm looking at myself close up and I'm noticing every zit and every everything when you're a teenager and you think everybody's staring at you and you get older and you realize nobody cares. Nobody's everybody's at you. too busy looking at themselves. Yes. And yes. it's like just stand a little further away from the mirror. If the whole picture looks good, that's good enough for me. <laughs> it's like yes. what's the gestalt of the of the body? It's it's all working. Yeah. Mostly well, you know, your hair changes, everything changes, you know, it's, this is not the definition of you just like when people um, date and I, because I'm dating an older demographic, I get a lot of men who share all their ailments with me. And to me, it's like, are you defining your identity with your diabetes to the point where 
you need to share that with me on a first phone call. I don't want to know that. Like, it's not who you are unless you're not managing it. You know, right, 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 (laughs) right. But how do we define ourselves? You know, are we this body and these ailments or are we more than that? Are we our personality and our intelligence and what we've accomplished in this world and the good that we're doing? You know, to me, I want to hear that. I don't want to hear about your kidney stones. Personally. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear about kidney stones anyway. But <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's, that's such a good point. And, and we but, but culturally we are taught this. So I, I feel like, you know, don't, you need to be very gentle with yourself as you're coming to these realizations of like, you know, it's not your fault that you have been identifying as your body, because that's what everybody is doing to you, especially as a woman, like men, they're, they're allowed to identify as other things. we as a culture value men, mostly on how much money they make their status, you know, all of that. We, as a culture value women based on the way they look and, and you can't change that. I want to change that, but you can't change it overnight. But what you can do is realize again, I am an active participant in my life. I am not going to value myself based on these things. I'm going to value myself based on my, my social virtues, you know, my character traits. I'm an honest person. I'm a loyal person. I like to have fun. I have a good sense of humor. Uh, you know, like these are the things I'm interested in. I love classical music. Like those are things about me that if I become paralyzed tomorrow, not going to change. You know, I think of the movie freaky Friday when the mother and daughter switch bodies they still had the same personalities, didn't they? Yeah. But they were in different bodies. And the guy ended up liking the mom because he liked the girl, right? So, mm. so it, it's just like, this is a simple, silly kind of feel good movie. But I think there's some, some truth in that of like, listen, if you were to be plopped into a different body, you as a person, like your personality, your interests, your, the things you find funny, that wouldn't change. So true. I, I love the Freaky Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great analogy. I, I think, you know, so many women who start working with me are stuck in that compare and despair. And, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't have the body of this person or I don't dress as well, or they're all coupled and I'm single. And it's like, we got to get out of that, like looking over there. And also they don't find themselves that interesting. And like, well, when become I interesting. Them, well, they are, they are interesting. Yeah, they, yeah. They don't even appreciate who they are because they're so busy wishing they were right. something else. Right. So and we get, that, we get used to focus. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We get but used like, to ourselves and we forget the things that are interesting about us because we're yeah. just so used to it. Right. And so when you start to really identify like, oh, I like classical music or I play guitar and I sing and I have perfect pitch and I love to dance and I do river dance or whatever it is, we do whatever we do because we're attracted to it. And that's part of our essence. And what you're saying is so true about people who become paralyzed. I mean, I know people who've had terrible things happen to them. A man who had a stroke at a very young age and had to stop working he still travels. He still does what he wants to do. He still reads the same books and yes. is the same person. Yes. I knew another man who had Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, and mm. became completely paralyzed. The only thing that worked were his eyes, you know, on the computer, he could talk that way. Mm. He recently passed away after like 15 years with this disease. And so he lived so many years being kept alive by machines but he still had a feisty personality. He still, every year on his birthday, he would stick it to the doctors and say, you thought I was going to die in a year. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was I proved like, you wrong. Yeah. 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 He still had very strong opinions. He, he couldn't communicate with his mouth, but he found ways to express himself. And I think that's such an important, important part of who we are, like our mm-hmm. essence and, and expression of our essence. So whether it comes out in our clothing and our, voice in our, our sexuality, whatever it is, just to try to get aligned with what that is for you. I think that's the work, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
often, you know, we talk about criticism and we talk about how people have made us have these messages in our heads about our bodies and we're self-critical. Let's talk about compliments. Um, we often yeah. give compliments in a way that is not really a compliment. So I'd love to hear from you. How can we compliment somebody without hurting their body image? Yeah. So I, I mean, this is really just what we what we just talked about, right? You compliment people on the social virtues and character traits that they have. You compliment people on the way they make you feel, you know, like you, you make me feel like I'm so safe to be myself. That's a great compliment to get, you know, that's so much better than like, wow, you look so thin. Like I'm jealous. Okay. What if that person, you know, is going through a breakup and they, they lost their appetite and they can't, they haven't been eating for the past week. You've just complimented their heartbreak, you know, and, and it's just like, you just never know. Um, and that's not to say that you can't ever talk about someone's body, but on the whole, I think it's a really great practice that we should get into to start complimenting people on those social virtues. You know, I, I appreciate how honest you are. I appreciate how, um, you always come through for me. Whenever you say you're going to do something, you do it. Um, and of course these things, you don't need to hold yourself to a standard of perfection on that either. Like, have I lied in my life? Yes, but I'm still an overall honest person. I'm striving towards that. And so complimenting people on more, more specific character things and just different, different ways that they make you feel, or I love the, I, I love your laugh. I love, I love laughing with you, um, can be really specific, different compliments that, that aren't going to inadvertently hurt someone's body image. Yeah, that's great. I think we often also think that if somebody says something like, um, I'm so fat and you look at them and go, are you crazy? Like that's, that's the kind of feedback people often get because they feel a certain way in their body and you're discounting how they feel. So what mm -hmm. would you say to someone who does, who, who does that? I someone mean, who, who, who says like, oh, I'm so fat. Yeah. What would you, respond what would I to say? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, I would probably, de depending on the situation, I don't know. And how, how much I know this person. Cause that makes a lot of difference too. Like if I don't know this person very well, I don't know if I'm going to like really dig into to certain comp <laughs> uh, comments like that, but you Tell me about just, your childhood. <laughs> right. Hold on. <laughs> Did your dad take food away from you? Um, so, but I would probably just say something like, well, even if that's how you see yourself, you're a really great person. Or, you know, it, like, like, even if that's true for you, I, I'm really glad that you're here and I like spending time with you or, or like I, you're my friend anyway, you know, like the little thing that's like, okay, even if that's how you feel, I'm, I'm going to give you this compliment on something that's not appearance-based because I think what we tend to do is either, like you said, disagree or, or, or compliment them on something else. So yeah, but your hair looks great, you know? And it's just like, well, all right. <laughs> like, like that doesn't really help, but it's just like, you want to validate like, all right. You know, even if that is how you see yourself, which I don't, you know, if you do disagree, you could be like, no, that's not how I see you. But even if you do feel like that, I'm, you know, insert compliment, not about body image. There. Right. No, that's a, that's a good response. I, I, it just reminded me, I had a very close friend who was overweight. I've had a lot of close friends who were much heavier than I was. And this friend used to say that we were the before and after, like she used to make these mm. kinds of jokes and her way of dealing with her weight was to, to make jokes about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me uncomfortable. I didn't mm -hmm. really know how to deal with it. It was a long time ago. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, that, I mean, that was her way to deflect it. And she grew up in a family where weight was the number one thing that everybody talked about. The first thing, you know, oh, look at that guy. He's got, he's got a great body. You know, look at that woman. She's got a great yeah. figure. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, the stories and the messages that we have to dismantle. I know. 
Yeah, but it's, you know, the what I'm taking away from this conversation is that how we grew up is not the fault of anyone. It's just the way our parents were. And it, it's our responsibility now as adults to reparent, to re-message how we feel about ourselves and to really work on our own personal attributes, our confidence, not in comparison to other people, but in comparison to ourselves and not to walk around on this planet hoping for external validation all the time for all of the external qualities, but to really shine from within all of these amazing qualities that we all have, if we mm -hmm. could just shine a light on them and stop focusing on what's wrong with us and our bodies. Yeah. And if we're really honest with ourselves and we ask ourselves, what is it that I love about my friend? What is it that I love about this guy that I'm seeing? Is it the way they look? I hope not. Like, <laughs> because that, then, then it's like, what? Like, you don't actually like this person. You just like the way they look like that's crazy. Like when, and when you think about it like that, it's like, of course not. Of course I don't like this person only because of the way they look, or of course I'm not friends with this person only because of the way they look. And then you start to say, oh, so then maybe that's how they feel about me. And it helps just kind of like break that down a little bit, um, to, to realize that like, that's not even how I value people. And if you do, you should stop <laughs> because that's so shallow. <laughs> right. Well, so an attraction is important and we are yeah, attracted yeah. to certain types of people, but like you said, the word only, and I think that's right. the operative word yes. because looks change and yeah. personality doesn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the core value of who you are is who you are. Like I can, I can tell you that all of my children are exactly who they were as babies. They, they are the mm. same. The personality traits came out really early on. Wow. And they, they just, they shift a little bit as you go. But I think part of our adulthood is taking off all the veils that got put in, in place and bring mm -hmm. us back to the core of our playful, younger, more free self. Cause that really is the core essence of like what I remember sitting in a field of flowers and I must've been two years old and eating the flowers. <laughs> I don't know why I was eating these flowers, but it was fun. And yeah, I was free. Yeah. And there was this yeah. freedom is like a huge value for me, just being yes. freedom of choice, freedom of expression. And I remember that sense of freedom as a, as a little girl. So um, let's go to our last final question. And I like to ask this of, of most of my guests. I don't always remember, but um, what is your best advice for someone who wants to go on their last first date? Hmm. Well, you're not in control of when it's going to happen. Right. And, and you're not even in control of if it's going to happen. And I think that finding, finding the fun and the experience in the process is going to help you feel more confident and comfortable, like going through that process of, of connecting with other people, whether or not it leads to the one you, you get to enjoy yourself along the way. And you're the one who, who makes the decisions to, to set up that environment where you're going to be able to enjoy yourself, whether or not they end up being the one. Great advice. Thank you. <laughs> Very empowering and, and fun. I mean, I think we do try to control it. You know, yeah. we want to, yeah. we want to know uh, what's the, you know, let's read the last page of the book before we right. read the book. I, I never was that kind of person. No. But when you do let go of needing to know and needing to control the good stuff happens um, yeah. and you enjoy, you enjoy the journey, yeah. the, the journey yeah. is the most important part. Um, I love it. I love this conversation. I love laughing with you and yeah. <laughs> connecting. Yeah. You make me feel. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel like I can laugh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. No, it's it's just nice to meet a kindred spirit and somebody who who gets what's really important in life. And so yeah. I, I just really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just share with us. I know you have a, a quiz and yes. share your website so people can find you. Yeah. So the best way to connect with me is on Instagram at Rebecca Biggie. 
and my first and last name are spelled incredibly differently than you'd expect. So I'm sure we'll put that in the show notes so that people don't get lost. Um, And and in the link in my bio, there is um, a link to the body confidence quiz. You can also go to bodyconfidencequiz.com to find it. And what this is, is a very short, I think it's seven question quiz to get a sense of how your perspective on your body is today and place you on a roadmap of eight steps that I've developed to go from self-conscious to self-confident in the same body. So a lot of people end up on like step two, step one, because these are very different concepts than you usually see in the, you know, self-help books and things like that. Um, but don't get discouraged if that's the result that you get, that's actually a good thing because it means that there's a lot of hope because if you're only on step one, that means there's a lot of change that can happen. So that's bodyconfidencequiz.com and you can find it in the link in my Instagram bio as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks Sandy. Yeah, this was great. (laughs) So much fun. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please, please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.